It is Monday, November 13th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. And boy, it was wonderful seeing you in person, hanging out last week with you, getting to know Marshall and Marisa, and, you know, much more of the Plouffe clan. What, you didn't? You just rolled that R, didn't you? Okay. I sure did. Okay. Well, that's how you introduced me. Marisa. Marisa. Yeah, I hope my sister-in-law. I hope Marshall had, yes, your sister-in-law. I hope Marshall had fun. We're not going to give out results. We're not a spoiler media company, but I hope he had fun. He had the best time, except the end of getting stuck in Newark, which is tough. Um, yeah, his flight got canceled. He had to stay an extra night, but wow. he, I mean, he had the best time, dude. It was awesome. Um, but look, that's over, man. Let's live in the moment a little bit here on baseball today because we got a lot of good topics. Yeah, we first sure is this our first like kind of like off season show? No, I mean last week I think would count I as we did two some... off season okay. shows, and we love it. You know, we're going to be doing this at least twice a week, and if there's monumental things that happen, if you know when Shohei signs, whatever day that happens, we're doing a show the next day, right? So yeah, so when I there's... think I think right away we do it. Shohei yeah. is a Shohei stop what you're doing and record. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So you know, make sure that you tune in, and we'll be we'll be putting stuff out on social media as to when we're doing shows. So. There we go. Uh, let's start with the Chicago Cubs, who introduced the new richest manager in Major League Baseball. Craig Council makes the move from Milwaukee down to Chicago. Five years, 40 mil. He resets the managerial market. And so he was bombarded by the Windy City media. And some of the questions had to do with him being the rich guy on the block. How much pressure does that add? There's pressure in this job, man. I mean, that there, there should be. There's a financial component to this. Obviously, there is. Um, but your competitiveness does not allow you to just behave differently. <laughs> you, you just can't, you know, that, that's just what you do. You put, you, you go in a dugout and your job is win a baseball game. doesn't matter who your team is. You know, that, that's, that's kind of how I see what I do. So I will ask you the same thing now, Trevor Plouffe. Do you look at him in a different light now that he's in a different tax bracket managerially? Yeah, I, I do, 100%. And we actually had a big discussion about this on Talking Baseball. Jimmy said, I didn't know that he was regarded as this type of manager. And to that, I say, well, we knew that a lot of people thought that, you know, Craig was one of the top five managers in the game. And whatever that means, it means different things to different people. Like players will say, well, hey, the best managers are communicators. Most people will say, well, has he won anything? What has he done? That's the That's the measuring stick. Uh, when you do this and you not only get the eight mil when other guys are making one mil, obviously that puts pressure on, but going from Milwaukee to Chicago, like interdivision, I think that's where the pressure lies. Uh, you're getting uh, a new team, uh, a new front office, a new city uh, that they expect things out of you now. Like, yeah, you were the guy over in Milwaukee that, oh, he's a good manager. We like him. But now you're, you're, in Chicago with massive expectations. So I do think there is a ton of pressure on him. And I don't know what he can really do about it. Like, I'm hoping, Chris, that this is just one move and a bunch of moves in Chicago's offseason. I hope this means that they're just swinging for the fences in all facets uh, of their roster. I hope they go and make a real serious pitch towards Shohei and go add, 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 because as good as a manager is like you still have to put like the right roster in front of him okay you can yeah. talk about oh he he managed a great bullpen he knows look who he had in his bullpen in Milwaukee like you st yeah. he still has to have a good team so the pressure's 
crazy on him right now. 100%, um, you know, but there's a chance that he can live up to it, but he has to have the roster. So I hope this is just the first move for the Chicago Cubs in the offseason. Well, there's no wins above replacement for a manager, is there? I mean, unless I've missed the stats. We have stats for everything in this sport, but they haven't been able to quantify that. And I don't care. You could go grab the greatest manager in the history of the sport and put him with the Kansas City Royals. How good are they going to be next year? I don't know. I mean, there's some things maybe you can do, but we, we don't know. It's a hard stat to quantify. But is there more pressure because he is the top financial dog in the dugout? Absolutely, there is. There's no question about it, in part because of the situation he left. Don't you have the feeling that if they had come to financial terms in their Milwaukee, he could have stayed there as long as he wanted? Yeah. Right? I mean, he is from there. Dad worked for the organization. The great shot in 1982 where he's sitting between a couple of Brewers legends as an 11-year-old kid or whatever he was. Like, that is – Craig Council played six of his 16 seasons up there. He got them to unprecedented territory for the most part as a manager when he managed up there for nine years, making the playoffs more than half the time. And what was it perfect? No, but he was the kid, the local kid made good. He could have been there forever. Instead. It's a little bit like Albert Pujols leaving St. Louis where he could have hit 250 for the rest of his career and still gotten a statue if he had stayed there for 20 years and making the move to Anaheim where he played okay at times. But all anybody ever wanted to bring up was the $200-plus plus million contract, and they didn't win a playoff game while he was there. And that's it. And so if this happens to Craig Council, he won't make it through five years if they don't make the playoffs the first three. That's the way it's going to be. You, I think maybe maybe he wanted to stay, but you can't pass up an extra. The, the reported dollar figure him. that the Brewers – offered was five and a half million dollars was a, a nice chunk of change from Andrew. it's no two and a half he's getting from the cubs i mean there's no no i'm curious because because chris if they don't win if they don't win this year i mean that's the first thing people are going to say we just paid your manager eight million dollars you should have spent eight million dollars on a pitcher it's like that's what they're going to say dude so yes Absolutely. the pressure's on big time yep and that's the way it goes with players and that's the way it should go with managers and he didn't he didn't duck the question he said there is pressure with this job and i understand it with the financial terms so he gets it he gets it. The Houston Astros have a new manager, but it is a familiar face. It is Joe Espada, who has spent the last six years as the team's bench coach. And now at 48 years old, he gets his first crack at managing at any level here in the States. He has managed some winter ball before, but never here in the United States. Obviously a familiar face in the clubhouse. He is ready for the challenge to move up one chair. You know what? I have from row C to two incredible managers. Um, the last four years working for Dusty, um, watching him connect and work and you know to say that I was the bench coach of a future Hall of Fame manager it's it's incredible it was an honor and just watching him how he prepares how he communicated um, how much he care about winning and and how hard he pushed players and in a good way he really cared about the importance of communication and collaboration and he allows us coaches to do our job to get the guys ready to play. I really appreciate it, that, and I think that's really going to help me for, for my next step. All right, so is it smart to go with a guy who has zero managerial experience with a team that has a ton of experience? Yeah, I think this is a no-brainer move for me. I think it's the right move for the Astros. Um, they're not in the same position they were when they had to bring in Dusty. Like they're, 
a well-oiled machine now and you don't if you don't have to like don't change things up too much like you said a spot is just kind of moving offices he's getting the bigger desk but everybody knows him there he knows all the players there they made it to another alcs chris like if it ain't broke don't break it like this is this was the right move for them they didn't need to bring in anybody else and i remember uh joe as the third base coach for the yankees got to talk to him a lot good dude uh high energy like he's he's perfect for the role like you just don't need to just keep the ship steady, dude. That's all he's going to do. It's all he's going to need to do. He's inheriting a great roster. Um, so, yeah, this is – I think this was a no-brainer for them, and that's why we didn't really hear a lot about, like, guys coming in to interview or right. anything like that because I feel like they just had this in the book or in the bag and saying, like, yeah, we're going to – this is going to be the route we go. So have you ever been on a team where a guy has just moved up a chair? Is it? Have you? Did you ever play? I mean, you got there and Guardy was already there. But Guardy is that no. guy, right? He was on. Well, wasn't he on Tom Kelly's coaching staff? He was, and I believe I, now that I think, I think Molitor was a first base coach Might have for been. us for a year, I think, or like at least a part of the year. I could be wrong about yeah. that. And that'd be crazy if I don't remember that correctly because I love Molly so much. But I think, yeah, I think he did coach and then take the job. Well, but I went back over the last like twenty-five World Series champions, and maybe I'm off here. I can only find one guy who was like ever a coach on the team and then moved up like Espada is doing. And that's Brian Snicker. He had coached for a while on Bobby Cox's staff. I think it was Cox. And then he went to the minor leagues to manage for a couple of years. So he managed a bunch of those guys in the Atlanta system. And then he became the interim manager and then they gave him the full-time job and he's done a phenomenal job. The only other guy I can find is Charlie Manuel, but he was working as an assistant to the GM with the Phillies before he bounced downstairs and became a manager at the major league level again the rest of the guys that have won rings bruce bochi came from another organization tony Larusa obviously came from another organization um ned yost came from another organization like all these guys that have won rings came from outside they didn't just move up it wasn't like promoting an offensive coordinator in the nfl which you don't really do very often anyway so to me there's not a great track record of this being successful at the highest level. That doesn't mean anything to me. I don't Okay. That's don't fine. Know. Yeah. Do you have, I mean, wh why do you think that would mean something for this gig? I think sometimes guys who are, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I've been told this by athletes in several sports. So whether it's, it's baseball or football in particular, because those are the two closest ones for me. Guys say coaches are guys that they can run to if there's a problem with the manager or the head coach. Like, you can be a confidant. You can talk to guys a different way. But when you're the manager and you're the boss of everybody, like some players would be like, whoa, 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 Joe, that's not our relationship. But when you're the manager, sometimes you got to be an asshole. I would agree with that. Yeah. Manager takes on a, a complete, like, yeah, it takes on a completely different type of personality. Like a coach and a manager are completely different. Yes, I would agree with that. So do but, some of the do the players have to rewire their relationship thinking with Joe Espada, or can they have exactly the same dynamic? And if so, will is that best for the Astros? I think I think that he would tell them, Hey guys, I'm you know, don't change anything. Our relationships need to stay the same. But in reality, he's gonna have to set some boundaries, you know, from the get go. And I think, you know, him along with the other coaches, like it, it'll happen naturally. It doesn't, it, it, I don't think that's going to be a problem. 
Okay. I wish him luck. We've heard nothing but great things. And the dude's interviewed for like a half dozen managerial jobs. And, you know, he always was one of the first names that would pop up. So I'm excited for him. Um, as we mentioned, it's possible the Astros could return eight of nine everyday starters. That their rotation is pretty much intact. Their bullpen is pretty much intact. They might make a maneuver here or there. But, for, dude, all they have to do is figure out how to win a home game in the playoffs. They should be just fine. We'll see. Paul Molitor. Did coach in 2014 before taking over in 2015. Is that because you were hitting so many doubles and homers that you forgot he was there coaching first? I did have some good years those two years. Thank you for bringing that up. There you go. You're welcome. Today's episode of Baseball Today is sponsored by SeatGeek. It is the number one ticketing app out there. Did you know that there's 70,000 events out there on SeatGeek? We're not only talking about sporting events, there's concerts, there's festivals. And if you do love your baseball, you can go get your baseball tickets. Schedule's already out. Uh, NFL, college football still has a few weeks left. College hoops is underway. NBA, NHL, concerts. You want to go see Tay-Tay? Yeah, maybe you see Travis Kelsey on the side. See them make out. Hot. That's available. That's hot. Yeah, uh, really good. Go use our, our hookup. The code word is today. You're going to get 20 bucks off your first purchase at SeatGeek. If you haven't already downloaded the number one ticketing app out there, go do it on your phone today. By the way, Michelle thinks that those two, uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, are getting married. What do you think? I mean, I wouldn't hate it for them. I think they're a great couple. Good-looking couple. They're going to make massive babies. Taylor Swift is way taller than I thought she was. Yeah, she's really tall. Really tall. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. A couple tight end Uh, babies. Free agency uh, is underway. Go ahead. Start your shopping now, GMs. Please, we like that content on baseball today. Are you more interested in seeing what Cody Bellinger will get in free agency or what somebody's going to pay for Blake Snell? Interested in both, but I think I'll go belly here. Uh, he obviously had a really great comeback year uh, on the one-year deal with the Cubs. Now he's set up big time in free agency. And I started kind of like combing through the numbers like – you know, was it just him getting healthy? Did things change in, in the way he approached uh, this season? And, and it turns out, yes, uh, he did change some things. So I'm curious to see what that means for teams going forward. What I'm talking about is um, he stopped striking out a lot. He put the ball in play just like way more. Yep. Uh, wasn't always, like I'm looking right now at his baseball savant page, uh, hard hit percentage, low, 10th percentile. Yep. So he wasn't like crushing the ball, uh, but he was putting it in play a lot. And because he's fast and because he can do things on the base pass and because, I mean, there's a bunch of different things that happen when you do that, uh, but it changed it, it changed his career again. And I like when guys make adjustments. You you kind of have to do that, you know, whether you're coming off an injury, whether you're, um, you know, just getting a little bit older or whether the league figures you out, like you have to do something different. And he really did something drastically different. Like, let's put the ball in play. We don't got to take massive swings all the time. You know, maybe that was what was hindering him. You know, he couldn't get to where he needed to get to because of his shoulder. And, hey, I had to make an adjustment. He did that. And now, yes, I'm very curious to see what teams need to go after him. He's got such like a a great floor for a free agent, you know, because he's got this defense and he's got this speed. And, and will that dwindle over time? Sure. But I think for the majority of the contract he's going to get because he's only 28 years old like you're still going to get those attributes and like i'm curious to see if this 
new hitting style like translates year after year after year if it continues to be what he does and, and if it's successful again with him. So uh, I'm I'm curious to see where he goes. I think a lot of teams are going to be in on him just because teams value, I mean, outfield defense is big uh, and versatility is big. And this is a guy that can kind of go and he kind of does everything well on a baseball field. And I love players like that. So if your team is looking for a stud baseball player, you should hope they go out and get Cody Bellinger. Yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely the more interesting of the two, in my opinion, although I do think that Blake Snell's about to add another Cy Young Award in his uh, hardware case relatively soon. It was interesting. You brought up the fact that he, this year, his barrel numbers went down. His hard hit rate went down. But his OPS went up almost 230 points, which is remarkable. I mean, it really is unbelievable stuff. Now, the question I'm going to ask you, you're a GM who's been with a team for, let's say, three years. Mm-hmm. And you need a new center fielder because most teams do. In my opinion, he's a gold glover in both the outfield and at first base. He has that type of defensive ability, and he runs the bases phenomenally well. You've been a GM for a couple of years somewhere, and you've done okay. He is your prize free agent. You are attached to him. You're mortgage payments are attached to Cody Bellinger. How confident are you? I mean, pretty confident. You don't, you can't make up these tools that he has. Like he's born with these tools. You can coach, you can coach him up and you can do these things. But you know, when you get a chance to have a guy that can, I mean, look at this year, baseball savant pitch, uh, his batting run value, 88th percentile, base running run value, 87th percentile, fielding run value, 81st percentile. Like you're getting a guy that can kind of do it on all sides of the ball. And I don't think he's going to cost that much. I think it's good. I think you're, what, you're what's what's that much. Do you think he's going to get 150? I, honestly, I haven't really thought about years and all that thing. Okay, so he's 28 right now. I would say he, this guy's going to demand a five to six year contract. Totally. Uh, maybe more depending on a, a team, but I think that's kind of where teams lie right now is this five, six year, maybe mutual options, stuff like that at the end if they go that route. Uh, he's looking at 25 a year. So, yeah. yeah. So, if you go seven years, that's 175, by the way. I see. Yeah, I see that happening for sure. Okay. Don't act like that's not nothing. It's not 300 million in 10, 13 years. Like, that's, that's different to me. I know, but, but that's I, a completely different contract. I but I do think, and that, who, and who's to say he's not going to get that? People, I mean, dude, he's twenty eight years old, and they just all last off season. How many twelve year, ten to twelve year contracts got handed out and extensions? A lot. That's not what I'm asking. I expect him to get that, and I think I. The question is: Would you be comfortable hanging your GM future on giving a guy who bottomed out as recently as eighteen months ago? And yes. saying that's yes, what- I would because go look around the league at all these baseball reference pages. Like guys have bad years. And then this one can be traced to something too. I think that's important to remember. Even though he said he was healthy, I think when you when you do something like that to your shoulder and it, it's impacting your swing, and then you don't make an adjustment, you just try to go back doing what you did before. I think years like 21 and 2022 can happen. So He's found something that's worked for him. And again, you just can't, you don't just get this talent out of nowhere. He's got this God-given talent. I, I, I'd be comfortable. I don't know about this. The 10-year the thing is is a little much for me. I don't know if he yeah. gets that. I don't think or even so. even if he wants that. 
I don't think um, so. But if you're going like five for 125, more. yeah. More. more Six for 150, okay. Uh, I would be comfortable with it. I do like him a lot. I root for him. I'm happy he bounced back. I love to see that. But I don't know how great I would sleep. Let's put it that way. Not that I'm a good sleeper anyway, but I don't know how great I would sleep. Just oh, saying. I, I think I would. Sorry. I think I would. Hey, man, Trey Turner's had an amazing career, and even his first year in Philly, you were like, really? Up and I've, down. I I think Trey's going to be fine. I, don't I think he's going to be fine, Don't bring too, him but... up. Don't bring him up to me. I'm you just saying. favorite player. I love Trey Turner. You, you, you're misinterpreting what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that even guys who have been more consistent than Cody Bellinger over the years didn't have the pitfalls in their career the way that he did for a couple seasons out there in L.A. at the end. Even those guys have down-ish years. Here. Here's my real final take. Can you Last build point. a team around Cody Bellinger and be successful? I don't know. If you already have an existing roster and you plug another great player like Cody Bellinger in, then I'm like all for it. But if you ask me if like the Rockies should go out and tandem him and Chris Bryant, no, they shouldn't. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Tim Anderson will not get the money that Cody Bellinger got. In fact, he might even have to settle for a one-year, like, rebuild your reputation at the plate and in the field sort of deal. Uh, Bob Nightingale reporting that the Angels are interested in the former White Sox shortstop. Does that pique your interest at all? It does. It's a little interesting because, it, like, they don't necessarily have room in their infield, so it'd be more of, like, a, right. a depth piece. you got a lot of guys there. Uh, you got Ren Doan. We already talked about how awesome that's going to be to see him and Wash interact. I can't wait for that one. Uh, Neto, you have uh, Renifo, you have Shanuel. Is that how you say it? What, the first baseman? Nolan Shanuel. I think that's how you say it. Is it Shanuel? I, I, I think it's... We're, we're going to have to look it up. It's been a, it's been a few months look that since, you, I, since I've even said his name, so don't laugh at us all, people. And you got Brandon Drury there, so you have a lot of... Is he still know, there? A lot of talent, dude. And and bringing and bringing him in would just be depth. So, I, I I don't think people or Major League Baseball should give up on Tim Anderson. Like he's had some really good years. He does things a little bit differently. And that dumpster fire in Chicago that he was playing in does not help. He had some bad, you know. Jose Ramirez knocked him out. Like there is a lot of things that happened that were just not ideal for a Tim Anderson. Like if he gets into a situation greener pastures uh, you know it gets really determined because now when you switch teams like it sparks something in you you don't have the equity built up in a new organization you go somewhere especially after a couple of bad years you got to prove yourself i'm kind of interested to see tim anderson in a, a new organization with a chip on his shoulder or you know a, a coach that, like ron washington that can really help him out so i it, it does move the needle for me a little bit i think if, if the angels are trying to bring him in it's just like depth and they can get him relatively cheap for a year. I love the move. I mean, is he going to be? Is he going to settle for a place where he doesn't have an everyday starting job? He shouldn't. He shouldn't. If you're going for a one year deal, you want to make sure you're getting playing time. Right. And so I don't but, see. I, I just don't see that happening. Necessarily. If that's your ma if that's your ma only major league offer, which I don't know if it'll be, but then you you go where your major league offer is. Let's start with this. <clears throat> Anderson had maybe the worst year of anybody who's been a good player at this level in Major League Baseball. He was a negative two war player. Negative. Yes. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Negative two. Um, 
former batting champ that hit 245. His slash was 245, 286, 296, over 500 plate appearances. He had the lowest uh, runs created plus, the lowest for qualified hitters. Horrible. He's going to have to go. I, I agree with you. I don't think the Angels is the place to be for him. I just don't see it. I don't see it. I don't know where it is. I got to sit down and figure out where a better spot for him is. But he might just have to go to a might have to go to a losing team and just get knocks. I'm I'm fast. I was kind of like this. You know, I've been in this situation where you don't really have any anymore. Like you had some good years and you had some bad years. You have to change organizations. It it's very difficult. It's daunting, but I've seen it fire a lot of guys up and they and they do something that didn't think they could do. They work harder in the offseason. They, you know, if he goes to a, a driveline or a new hitting coach in the offseason, or he gets under Ron Washington's tutelage with the glove, like I wouldn't count Tim Anderson out just yet. No, I, I he's, don't he's think he's been it's... in Chicago with that team that's just been brutal, dude. Yeah, it's bad. There's no question. It's bad. And he got handled a lot of money young and he got kicked. He got kicked, bro. Like he's, he has to get up off the canvas, like literally got knocked out this year. He's got to get up, dust himself off and say, I'm either going to work my ass off and be, and, and prove everybody wrong and really do that. You can't just say, you got to really do something different. Uh, I'm, I'm f- I'm not fascinated, but I'm very curious to see how his year is going to go. I'm, I, I'm rooting for him. I am. I think he's really interesting. You know, Dero, who managed Team USA last year, couldn't say enough nice things about him. And he's a guy who took some shots at Tim Anderson on MLB Central mm-hmm. many years ago with the throwing of the bat and all that sort of stuff. And uh, so I think that there was probably some relationship repairing that had to happen at some point there. But then Dero was like, "I'm all in on him. I'm all. I don't think that was for the camera." He did say he was all in. So maybe a place like Washington where he could be an everyday second baseman perhaps is a place that he could restore himself. The guy needs at-bats and he needs to produce. You know, he's good. He's so good when he's driving the ball the opposite way. Mm-hmm. He really is. A, and he'll jump you all the time. He does not like to walk. He likes to put the ball in play. We'll see. We, we wish him luck. Personally, I don't think Anaheim's the right spot. Very quickly before we get out of here, Adley Rutschman out uh, teeing it up. I saw Gunnar Henderson was out there with him. He hit some sort of massive hook drive where he's obviously trying to drive the green or something. Up there to the left. Butta. Butta me. That was good. Okay, so if you can golf with one major league player in the offseason, who are you going with? I'm still watching the video. This is ridiculous. This is just like your boys out golfing. This is boys being boys. We can't even play the video because they're cranking music. Right. Uh, um, I have a... um, a, a foursome that I think is going to happen, and I'm very excited about it. I'm going to play with James Loney, who's my friend out here, lives out here now, and uh, he just joined a new club. And Mookie Betts is a member there, so it's going to be me, him, Mookie, and Mike Mustakis. It's a great group right there. Okay, can I tell you something? I know you had hmm. a successful career and you've done very well. Please don't lose your beautiful house in this one. You cannot oh keep up gosh. with them. those guys lap the field when it comes to earnings. Okay. Just be careful. You don't know my, you don't know my finances. I know what Mookie makes. He's got more money than me. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. 
Just be careful. I'm telling you. You better be careful. Hey, find out if he'll come on a podcast with me. Tell him, hey, Rose wants you in oh, the no, He's got his own show now. I don't know if I know you know he does. that, Rosie. I know he does. Very successful. But that's okay. It's better when he's getting asked questions. So there we go. Uh, for me, I want to go with the polar bear. I don't even know if he golfs, Pete Alonzo. But first of all, I want to do it just to see how many beers he would crush Ooh. in 18 holes. Definitely okay. more beers than holes played that day. Is he a big beer drinker? I don't know. He just looks like it. Maybe I'm totally off base because I've only shaken hands with him one or two times. But, man, he looks like a blast. Like, how far do you think? And he also looks like he could hit the ball 500 yards either direction. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Always fun. Uh, We'll be around later this week. We don't know exactly what day. We're going to definitely figure it out, so don't worry about it. Uh, For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rowe, the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, be careful golfing with all of the rich guys. I am Chris Rose. We will see you later this week on Baseball Today.